Welcome to the Life Change Podcast. Panhandle Weight Loss Center is a unique surgical practice focused on changing lives. Our approach moves away from the singular goal of weight loss and encompasses one of overall health and wellness. This podcast explores a variety of topics inside the realm of health and wellness, including nutrition, fitness, lifestyle issues, and even surgery. The goal of this program is to inspire listeners to take a critical review of your life as we guide you towards a paradigm that translates to life change. Oh man, it's a big one. This is a big one. Um, you want to start us off? You want me to? Uh, my thoughts on exercise? Yeah. Um, couple kind of high notes. Don't exercise to lose weight. You cannot exercise your way out of bad diet? No, just in, just in general. Uh, this, I was at the ASMBS, uh, so the, the, the Metabolic Surge, Bariatric Surgeons Conference, and I get really tired of sitting through all the doctors talk about how awesome they are and, and all the surgeries they do. So I usually skip out on that and go to the allied health cell, uh, side, which is dietary, counseling. Um, I usually go sit over there and listen to what they're saying. And there was a statement one time that it really hit me at, uh, in my heart was that it, it, and it was a psychologist talking. It was like, you know, 95% of people have never worked out for any reason other than lose weight. Hmm. And I was like, whoa, that's, yeah. that's pretty, pretty big number. Yeah. Right. Um, and the reason I say it, exercise is important, but it's not the most important thing you can do for your weight. Uh, so what do I mean by important? And, and people, all my patients probably hear me say this. Uh, my health and wellness philosophies is I'm, tr- I'm training to be 90, right? Uh, I, I, uh, I feel like modern medicine is going to limp almost everybody along into their late 80s and 90s. I saw my grandparents go into their late 80s, but their quality of life went away at 68, right? 65. Uh, so they're alive, but are you getting much out of life? Not functional. And, yeah. And so, you know, I kind of changed my workouts. I changed my way I approached exercising. It's not about having big muscles. It's not about a six-pack. It's not about uh, how much weight I can throw around. It's not how many, you know, rounds I can do in an AMRAP at the CrossFit gym. It's literally mobility, flexibility, mental decompression, moving moving well, working on the things that bother me or hurt, working on the things that I notice to be weaknesses, uh, but I don't go to lose weight anymore. And maintain a muscle mass as we get older. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm assuming you're gonna bring that up. As we get older, we naturally lose muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Even if you're active, even if, uh, and there's some things that play into that, or you know, we decrease our protein intake as we age. Um, natural hormonal processes kind of, Get, get out of whack. Down. Yeah, yeah. So we have to work at it. You got to train. Yeah. You got to train to be ninety. Right. Well, I'm the same way. I, I've, uh, you know, a lot of people want to run a marathon in their life or a half marathon. That's awesome. I encourage that. Uh, but a lot of people want to be at the best at the CrossFit um, and be very competitive. That's awesome. Uh, a lot of people want to do triathlons. That's awesome. That's not me. That's not me either. Uh, I have two young girls. I have a busy practice. Uh, we have a lot of uh, life pressure. And so what I want to do is I want to find a balance that I can do something consistently throughout the week 
that keeps me mobile, keeps me flexible, keeps me feeling good. Um, that ultimately, like you said, when I'm 90, I'm that guy out there, still able to play golf, still able to play tennis, and uh, feels as good as I possibly can. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would put on my goal, I want to look like Mark Sisson when I'm like 80, but I don't think that's, that, that's reality. <laughs> Problem is, is we don't look like him now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably looked he probably looked that way at 45, right? Um, so the, the importance of muscle uh, or, or exercising, and it's funny. So I've, I've been to Europe a couple times. Like you, you, don't, you never hear the word exercise there. I mean, it's what kind of training are you doing? Mm-hmm. And in America, we training. Oh, what kind of sport you play? Mm-hmm. You know, like so we've we've disassociated the two, like training for life, training for whatever you need to versus exercise. And we could probably credit Dr. Cooper mm-hmm. and aerobic exercise yeah. uh, for calling it exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, you know, just moving, doing things, lifting heavy objects, moving, you know, preserving that ability. Um, muscle mass has a lot to do with, with how we process energy. Mm-hmm. Um, or nutrients. I hate the word energy, really. Um, so the going back to how what we think goes wrong when people put on weight and we can't get it off the mitochondria. So the uh, the little thing, the little things in, in each one of our cells that take in raw nutrients and convert it to ATP. Energy. Energy. Mm-hmm. So notice I didn't mention calories at all in here. But I'm taking raw ingredients. I'm taking, you know, the building blocks of carbohydrates, the building blocks of proteins, which are amino acids, the building blocks of fats, and through all these little conversion cycles, I'm producing ATP, which then goes out and fuels everything in our body. So baseline, the more of those we have, the more healthy we are. The more mitochondria we have. Where where's the biggest number of mitochondria? In our muscle. In our muscle. Yeah. Right? How much does white fat have? Kind of three, three types of fat. We got white fat, brown fat, and then kind of this mixture fat. Most, most fat's white fat. How many mitochondria do white fat have? Not very many compared to If muscle. any, like yeah. maybe one, you know. Yeah. Uh, but muscle has our highest density of mitochondria. The more mitochondria we have, the more energy we can produce, mm-hmm. the more raw ingredients we can handle. Right, because we talked about how we think about insulin. Right, you you eat carbohydrates in the form of starch, fiber, sugar, processed sugar. All those things are carbohydrates. Your body wants to store those in two things primarily: muscle and liver. Right. Um, so once our muscle and liver are filled, that then spills over and is stored as fat. Right? Is that pretty much how insulin and yep. glucose works? So therefore, it's pretty easy to imagine the, the bigger my bucket, the less likely I'm gonna spill over. And you know, you don't really wanna go revving up the size of your liver. Uh, so mainly it comes down to muscle. Because the, the, the biggest problem we see, the hardest patients to deal with in our practice are overweight and under-muscled. Because they have no metabolism. Right. Yeah. Meaning they can't produce energy. They can't produce energy. They can't take raw ingredients and turn them into ATP. Yeah. Um, so that's exercise is important for that reason. Yeah. Not not to look like Arnold, 
or Hans and Franz, uh, but to have adequate muscle mass for my frame because that's the biggest buffer I have to my crappy diet. So if I don't have a big buffer, there's no, it's really hard to lose weight and be healthy. Oh, I agree. Simply put, uh, exercise is important for epigenetics. Mm -hmm. I tell people the exercise reminds your, your cells, your body, to interpret the genes to be what you're trying to be, right? So if you're being sedentary, you're not moving, it's gonna turn off all those activity genes. It's gonna turn off all the things that it views as not necessary. You, get, you, get, you start moving, you're active, you're, more, you're, you're exercising, you're training. Uh, it's gonna then go turn, in, turn on all those genes to support that behavior. Is that pretty? Yep. What else about exercise? So like, I kind of, this is a, just a super big picture. Uh, that I think this happens in patients' lives is when you have a crappy diet, I'm gonna call it a crappy diet, okay? Sugar, processed carbs, vegetable oils, your typical American diet. You're eating out at Wendy's, you're grabbing fast food here, you're not making time for the true priorities, which is eating healthy. Then what ends up happening is your body is one massive, just inflamed on fire, cannot take what you're eating and turn it into energy, ATP, at your muscle level. It can't burn all those nutrients because those nutrients are terrible. They can't be combusted. So what ends up happening is people, they, their, their metabolism crashes, they have no energy, they can't make themselves exercise because they feel so bad. So the big picture is you start. You got to clean up your diet. Once you clean your diet up, in that same process, your energy production at a cellular level is going to improve. And that's not a two-week. No, that's some people years. It yes, that's what's that's what's frustrating. It takes a long time, but in the process of then finding things, what's your goals? Okay, and and we'll walk through a day in our lives. What's your goals? What do you want to do? Well, um, some people they 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 enjoy you know playing sports like tennis or things like that. Great, start there. Walk, great, start there. Uh, but the key, I think, longevity-wise, is number one, flexibility. Okay, I do some stretching three times a week. Number two, maintaining muscle mass, and we'll talk about the exercises that do that. And then. Three is cardio, just you know, keeping your heart strong, keeping all your 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 blood vessels uh, healthy, and um, that's all about conditioning. Yeah. And so I think adding in just a combination of all that in your life throughout the week in a reasonable fashion uh, is is the the big picture. Yeah. And I, th th we've done multiple podcasts on this. Looking at looking at your DEXA scan and. And addressing what needs to be addressed. If you come in and you're under muscled, you've got to put muscle on. Got to put muscle. You've got to do strength training. You've got to do resistance training. You've got to get enough protein, amino acids, to support that. Yeah. If you can't fix the muscle problem, it's hard. It, it's, hard. Yeah. it's very hard to lose weight. Yeah. Um, if you have adequate muscle, right? Am I doing enough to maintain it versus? increasing blood flow and mitochondrial content, because those are different forms of exercise, right? So if we could talk about resistance and muscle training versus zone two exercising, I figured that's where you wanted to go next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so go ahead. 
No, I want you to take that. Oh, well, I don't know. It's a deep, it's a deep topic. Um, building muscle is one way of working out. Uh, increasing cardiovascular capabilities, VO2 max, overall fitness is a different. It's different, right? So, you know, I think the understood best mechanisms of doing this uh, resistance-wise is is HIT training. So high, which is I love. That's my favorite. High intensity interval training. Interval training. Uh-huh. HIT, not not hits. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, short bursts of activity at the appropriate weight for a sustained amount of time. Yeah. Right. And one could argue that's also zone two training for some for some people. Mm-hmm. That's that's your cardio. Right. Yeah. For some people, not everybody. It's hard to know, right? Unless you're going to get on, you know, some of these, like the Frontera bike and find your VO2 max and your metabolic threshold. And, you know, uh, Peter Atia is, you know, convincing everybody they need lactate monitors to know when to decrease intensity and when to, I mean, there's some pretty nerdy science behind it, but there is science behind it, right? It's, uh, take home here is you can't burn fat in an anaerobic environment, Mm -hmm. right? So if I go and I get my heart rate up to 140, which for me would probably be anaerobic, Mm -hmm. you only have enough energy stored in your muscle to support that. And that's about 30 minutes of activity. Yeah, which is usually glycogen, which is a carbohydrate. Yeah, which empties your bucket and allows you to refill through your diet. How many people do you think empty your bucket a day? Not very many. Yeah. Yeah. So. So here's my, I think, I, I tell my patients, number one, find something that you're willing to do, okay? Number two, um, make it a routine. So I wanna kinda walk through my, my philosophy. Um, I have found that um, I, I, I'm short and sweet on exercise. Um, I don't, I cannot be on a treadmill for 30 minutes. It's just not me. Um, so Monday through Friday, I do push-ups every day. So you should see this guy's triceps. That's, I've been doing that for since high school. Yeah, he's got the best triceps in town. And uh, so I, it literally takes me less than five minutes to do those push-ups. Um, so that's Monday through Friday. On Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are truly my workouts. And so I go to our little gym, and I start off with probably at least five minutes of stretching, and all the major. Um, muscles I stretch out. Then after that, I do do Sunday push-ups, and then I do uh, 30 air squats with a kettlebell, 25-pound uh, kettlebell. Then I do 20, or I do 40 to 50 diamond push-ups. Oh, that's where the triceps are so nice. That's the triceps. Yeah. And then I actually, we have a little gym that I do plyometrics. So basically I jump, okay? Uh, I do that for quite a while. And that's a, to me a pretty whole body workout. Uh, and then I, at that point, uh, jump on our elliptical. And I love the elliptical because you get the arms and the legs. Mm-hmm. And I go for anywhere, it depends, three and a half minutes uh, or greater. And I'm going really hard. So yeah. this is an intense workout. I try to keep it within 15 or less minutes. And so I go hard and I'm done. Mine's not as organized. My, mine's all about keeping the routine. So um, some days I go out there and it's just heavy lifting, res- just resistance training, no heart rate concerns at all. 
you know, two days later, it may be a, a kind of a more of a hit workout, a hit workout, <laughs> uh, where you know the heart rate's getting up. Some days it's on the treadmill running. And like you said, I can't do that for very long. Peloton makes it easy though. They got the nice scenery and the music. Uh, but anyways, uh, some days it's just stretching. Mm-hmm. Uh, some days it's coffee. Some days I just listen to music. Uh, but the important thing is I go out every day. Yeah, routine. I go do it every day. Uh, check that box. Uh, lately, I've been into this workout system called Functional Patterns. That's more about uh, getting away from isolated movements. Mm-hmm. So getting away from weights in the traditional sense, doing more cross-body exercises. Use a lot of kettlebells, but moving in unnatural planes. And I've, I've, I've actually really enjoyed that. Number one, it's challenging. Number two, it's really helped my back, my back discomfort. Uh, so that's where I'm at now. But I don't know if if you're new to this, um, some of this stuff can be overwhelming. What would you say if somebody? Because we see a lot of people. I've never worked out in my life. Yeah. So here's what I would say is a few things. One, start with walking. So I actually uh, enjoy a walk in the evening, uh, particularly after I finish dinner. And uh, I get, that helps with my glucose response, my insulin response. Uh, Being outside in nature, vitamin D, uh, getting Mm. some sun. um, There's just something about that that to me, it's almost like meditation and prayer and all in one. Uh, So start walking. Yeah. Uh, The other thing is, is we do have some great videos. that have been put together over the years. I know Candy put together a lot. My sister put together a lot. And just uh, band work, uh, stretching, um, that you can find something that you mm-hmm. can do. I do encourage people too, if you're new to it, and particularly if you have some imbalances mm-hmm. uh, and some, some difficulties with baseline core movements, I know it sounds intimidating, but get a personal trainer. Just teach us some stuff. Uh, and you know, reach out to us because I, I like to position the right person with the right personal trainer, and even physical therapy. Uh, there's, I think, you know, physical therapy. Physical therapy's prog- progressed over the past ten years as they become doctorates because uh, they, they used to be masters. Now they're doctorates. Now they could, you know, they they have a little bit more uh, freedom, but they can identify the things. Basically, just don't go out there and get hurt. Because if you go out and get hurt, you're going to give up. So if, if you're struggling, you need help. I know personal trainers are expensive, but you have to realize you're not going to use them that long. right? You're going to find some baseline strength movements. You're going to find a good routine for yourself. They're going to help you do that. But I, I tell people, don't be afraid to let your guard down. Go talk to a personal trainer or a physical therapist and get into a right routine. Two uh, things I just thought about while you're, you're talking. Rambling about. on. Number one is uh, I make better choices, food choices, when I'm exercising regularly. Yeah, because I don't want to waste my exercise. Exactly. Right. And I think it's just, I think it's something also, it's, it's your body talking. Um, you know, when you're working out, you're releasing a lot of hormones that we don't even know about still. That's telling your, just telling you to, to make better choices. And so I think there's just therapy in that. Second thing is, I saw a statistic by Mark Hyman the other day that I think those that play tennis, and it's not just tennis, but uh, in their older age, they live seven years longer than those that didn't. 
So basically what it's saying is be active as you get older. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not active, you you are not functional and you die sooner. And yeah. so I think another thing, last last thing, because it, we're getting too deep now, but um, this is kind of an argument against chronic cardio. We did a whole podcast, Chelsea and I did, on mm-hmm. people that just run yeah. uh, or walk. Uh, those are good places to start, but the difference between tennis and somebody that runs their entire life is, is the cross-body movement, yeah. right? So you're going to have balance. You're going to have strength and all those stabilizer muscles, whereas runners very linear, right? Weightlifters, everything's linear. Uh, but tennis, you're going to run across the, the the court there, and if you don't have balance, you're just going to fall over, right? Which I, I still do that sometimes, even though I have all those, you know. Uh, but I think there there is some, um, there's a lot of data on it. There's a lot of research going into it, but how do we train to be older? Yeah. And like I told you, my motto is train to be 90. So trying to incorporate cross-body, off-weight movements. Anyways, we're getting way deeper than we need to oh, be. That's good the, stuff, yeah. though. That's, we need to know how to age. Yeah. So when you jump in the morning, start jumping side to side. Okay. Versus always okay. forward. All right. I like it. You yeah. need to vary it up a little bit, too. I'm a, I'm a person of routine. Yeah. Well, you're still jumping. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to move on to the next pillar number seven. Pillar, are we only on seven? Yeah. We've <laughs> still got... These next ones will go pretty quick. All right. 13 minutes. Okay. Fasting. Yeah, fasting. So um, is, is fasting important? Uh, it can be, yeah. I think, for the right people. Yeah. Um, two big things to tell people uh, about fasting. Number one, you have to earn the right to fast. Not everybody can just start fasting right away. Yeah, you've got to you've got to clean up your diet first. Yeah. And you know, uh, Mark Heim, uh, sorry, Mark Sisson's last book talked about that mm-hmm. uh, because. He was a big proponent of intermittent fasting, time-restricted feeding, and then he worked with enough people to realize they can't all do it. You can't all do it. Yeah. And because you know people will start, you know, I did that intermittent fasting, it didn't work. Like, did you? Were you at a good position for it to work? And so, what, what do I? What do we mean by that? Um, and he he also at the same time, Mark Sisson went away from the word keto to metabolic flexibility. Mm-hmm. So you, basically, you have to you have to build the machinery to use fat for energy, right? Because that's what fasting is. You're you're not putting anything into your system, trying to convince your mitochondria and your body to go access fat to use for energy instead of requiring yourself to eat food to constantly supply yourself. I mean, that's the the science behind fasting. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you start trying to fast, but you have not built that machinery. What, what's going to happen? So I'm going to go to an example myself. So I used to fast back in high school uh, a lot. And fast forward through residency. Why were uh, you fasting in high school? Um, spiritual. Uh, just that's a lot of prayer during that time, life changes, things like that. So that's what I was fasting a lot. I didn't know. I mean, we didn't know about the healthy reasons for it. Yeah. I did it through. Jesus did it, so I'm going to do it. Th- that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And so it's cool how he, he knew what was going on. Uh, so, um, all right, let's fast forward through residency, having kids. I wasn't eating right. Uh, and I decided I wanted to start trying to fast. And basically, here's, you know, I started trying to fast breakfast. 
and about an hour or two into it, you know, you're getting a headache, you're irritable, you're no energy, you just feel terrible. And so what that was is my body was so dependent on carbs and sugar for energy that it was trying to switch over and burn fat. And I had all the vegetables and all that garbage in there, like, like, like we've been talking about, that it couldn't burn it. My mitochondria were unhealthy. So what I had to do is clean up my diet first, get all that stuff out to create some metabolic flexibility that then would allow me to go maybe two, maybe three hours. Oh, I made it to lunch. Then as time went on, I can do a 24, 48 hour fast and feel pretty good. Yeah. And so that's the whole goal is being able, like you said, to be able to switch back and forth. So metabolic flexibility. Metabolic flexibility. Yeah. So what's the health benefits of fasting? Um, well, I mean, why do we recommend or why is it recommended? This, we could go down lots of rabbit holes. What about big picture? Big picture is you're trying to resensitize, resensitize your cells to insulin. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, if I don't eat, um, so, you know, nothing comes across the gut back, you know, the gut barrier into my blood. Because once, once that food comes across, your body's got to deal with it, mm-hmm. right? So now carbohydrates come across. You have to produce insulin because it doesn't want glucose in your bloodstream. It's toxic. So it wants to put it, like we said earlier, primarily into your liver and your muscle. And if those are full, into fat. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more we eat of this stuff and the, and the, the, the more your body... Anyways, I, this is how I explain it in the course you know, with kids, you know, when you first have your little little baby, and the first time he says, Daddy, you're like, oh, he said, Daddy, you're very responsive, yeah. right? Fast forward to four, and you're at the mall, Daddy, 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 Daddy. So it takes, it takes more to get that same attention, right? Right, you got to say, Daddy, 10 times before I respond. And then, you know, anyway, all that to say, uh, once... It, you know, when, at some point, you know, little Hugh is going to be trained not to say daddy, 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 just to say it. So then it goes back. I go back to being sensitive. Mm-hmm. Like he says at one time, oh, what do you, you know, what do you need? Um, and glucose and insulin is that way. So the more, the more glucose goes and knocks on the fat cells, the more insulin that has to reproduce. The cells see the insulin. Eventually the cells, the fat cells start saying, no, I don't want it. Uh, quit, quit calling my name, right? So what is the body? Because it's still toxic. What's the body do? It's got to produce more insulin yeah. to get the same response. And if that just keeps going, that's what we call diabetes. Yeah. But this stuff we're talking about happens 20 years earlier. Yeah. Um, so the purpose of fasting at the baseline scientific level is to stop saying insulin, 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 insulin. Yeah. To stop saying daddy, 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 daddy. To go back to being calm being responsive to, to, to the insulin signal. Yeah. That'd be the take home. So I, I look at it this way, fasting is like sleep. Uh, it's our body when we're not eating, it goes into cleanup mode and basically cleans out all that junk in our cells, get, gets rid of all that stuff. So that's one. So when we go on you know, prolonged fast, uh, more than 12 hours, you know, 16 hours even, 24 to 48 hours, our body's cleaning that up. Number two is just what you just mentioned. Uh, to me, when I am 
I had some insulin resistance, and the only way that I could reverse that is through fasting. Uh, cleaning my diet up, but fasting was one of the best things. The third thing is I want metabolic flexibility uh, for, for not only those health benefits I just mentioned, but say we're going to go and we're at a point where our option is crappy food, okay, or skip it and wait till we get something healthier. Mm-hmm. I want to be at that point where my hunger is not driving me to make bad decisions. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is just the health benefits long term. Uh, we're starting to see it adds years to your life. Uh, it cleans up, you know, we got cancer cells, you know, floating around in our body at all times. It 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 helps with our immune system cleaning that up. Um, so that's to me the health benefits. Yeah, for sure. And I'm gonna apologize. My wife is asking to go to lunch. So I'm gonna respond right quick. Yeah, let, but, let her uh, know. Let's do it. Yeah, for sure. And then let's uh, finish these last ones. Um, we'll finish up in another podcast.